0: Of announcements that get, get given at this point—that um, literally no one remembers what's said—and so we're going to put those into the, the middle portion. Uh, so hopefully you guys are all awake enough to take that in, and uh, and that the so, so late bees that'll fill in here in a second will uh, will also get the announcements. Uh, so let me pray for us, and we'll get started. Lord, um, we are thankful to be here this morning. We are thankful for these tents that we get to um, hide under the shade of. Um, thank you for just a cool morning, um, really, really comfortable and and enjoyable. Um, just pray as we dive into your word this morning that, um, you would help the distractions for our morning to just kind of melt away, um, help my distractions to melt away, and, um, for us to be able to focus in on, on what you have to say to us this morning, and, um, And, you know, my greatest uh, hope this morning as we go through this passage is that we would become convinced of what you, through Paul, um, are trying to convince us of. Um, That we would hold it deep in our hearts, that it would um, color how we view ourselves, uh, because only when we understand um, our own depravity can we really understand our need for you. Um not for salvation, but in so many other areas that we were thinking so um so it's make this feels to us um teach us everything that you need to So the last uh couple of weeks have been uh a little depressing. Uh in fact I've had a couple of conversations um with people who are like, um someone who actually said I almost I almost got up and and left at one point because it was just so hard to listen to, and I can relate to that. Um, But what I keep saying when I have these conversations is that um, you're all hearing it for one hour on Sunday morning. I'm spending my week teaching this stuff. Um, And so I've been a little bit emotionally low the last couple of weeks because I've been looking at how ugly uh, we are we are in, 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 in humanity and so that's really what we've been looking at is, is how messed up humanity is um and hopefully at this point you recognize we recognize that our world is messed up um there is this used to be kind of a foregone conclusion. in fact when paul was writing to um to the, the roman church um he didn't have to really prove his point you know i use a lot of a lot of illustrations from our culture um uh, but he didn't really have to prove his point because everyone just looked around, everywhere you looked, there was just all this debauchery and, and all this um, the ugliness around uh, the people. And so here you have to convince them of it, they just knew it. And they were just like, yeah, of course our world is is messed up. Our world is, is wrong in so many ways. Um, but uh, in 21st century, I think uh, many people believe that we're messed up. There's also this other... Segment of the population that that have uh, bought into some ideas in sociology and in psychology that says we're actually we're actually pretty good. Like at the core of our being, we're pretty good, and just the things that we do don't represent the good that we are, right? Um, so what we have to do, um, since we have those messages given to us, um, is we have to decide. Okay, we're going to push those messages aside. Because obviously they're not true. The truth is, we are fundamentally just messed up, um, and we are. We, we not only um, are messed up, but but the reason why we're messed up is that we knew who God was, and He revealed Himself to us, and we revealed, we revealed Himself very clearly to us. And then we rejected Him and said, "We don't want You." And then we replaced Him with something else that we were doing. Uh, and this is who we have been as humans since the very, very beginning. You can look throughout history and this pattern just keeps repeating itself over and, over and over and over and over and over again. And you think we would have learned at this point after, you know, so many thousands of years of, 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 of having this lesson shown to us. But instead, we don't learn and we just invent new ways to do evil and, um, and continue to reject him uh, even though he can talking. himself. Because of that, God is revealing his wrath against us, right? He's angry. He's very, very angry. We don't like that picture of God, um, but we need to view God for who he is and what he's experiencing. And he, he has wrath and anger towards us, and he's pouring out that wrath. And we saw uh, the last couple weeks, or well, last week in particular, that the way he's pouring out his wrath is he's allowing us to be more and more of the ugly self that we are. He's allowing us to see how the depth of the cavity of our heart by allowing us to circle the drain and get lower and lower and lower and lower and lower. And, lower. and um and some of us uh have experienced that. Some of us in our church have been on that that drain, have circled that drain and hit rock bottom in certain areas of their life. And actually I think in some ways they had an advantage over us to he's gonna talk about today because we don't see God's wrath so clearly. We don't see our our own depravity so clearly. Um, but but this is this is what he's doing. This is his, his wrath against us. Um, in, in in the last part of, of Romans, I'm just going to read it because they're filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, their gossip. Flanders, haters of God, infinite, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, unmerciful, Although they need the ordinance of God that be they practice the things they're worthy of death, they not only do the same, but they get party accrued with a big That is our world. you are we are messed up. And God is judging them. And I think for us, for 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 many of us, we look at all the ugliness that we talked about last week and all the ugliness we see on the news and ugliness we remember from earlier in our lives when there were different news stories on the TV and we go, yes, we need to judge them all. We need to judge murderers and serial rapists and and school shooters, right? We need to judge pedophiles and and rapists and child abusers. We need to judge terrorists and genocidal maniacs. They need to be judged. We need to judge racists, KKK, Nazis, Nazis, dictators, mass murderers. We need to judge all these people. I think we all agree that we, that God is rightful in and they should be judged. Right? But then, he, then he, he, he goes here. I think we want him to go here, but this is where he goes. Because, he says, therefore, you have no excuse talked about this before, therefore is a is a building word, it's building on previous concepts. Um the principle of Bolivics I learned very, very early was anytime you see the word therefore, you gotta know what the therefore is therefore, right? Because you gotta know what's come before to really understand what this is about. So he's saying based on all of that that we just kind of rehashed and covered, based on all of that, you have no excuse. Excuse. Like, no, excuse, no, excuse, no, excuse, no, excuse. Every one of you who passes respect every one of you who looks at the others and go uh like yeah. how sick and disgusting are they? That uh, the last couple of weeks, I'm, I'm hoping that it, in our hearts, you we know, were like, they, that area of be disgusting, right? It's gross. It is you who look at others and say disgusting, and honestly, you should say disgusting that means right? You have no excuse. The the nature of judgment is the idea of comparison, and we love comparison. We use them all the time in our society. We live by comparison, right? Um, if if I've been thinking about baseball a lot. These last couple weeks, weeks, we trying to get part on a college baseball program. But if you're a baseball player and you bat 320, baseball fan, right? 320, good baseball players? Yeah. What if you bat 220? Yeah. You're on the borderline. You might actually be kicked down to AAA at that point, right? Um, who's the better baseball player, 220 or 220? 320. Definitely the better baseball player. Right? And because that's how it works. If you get an A on an assignment and someone else gets a C minus on an assignment, who's better at whatever that assignment was? So became, Right? We love comparison. We use it all the time. Uh, I got into Harvard. You're going to Right? Who made out in the college uh, lottery? You know, who's he, the better college person? Harvard, right? I'm gonna wear that as bad. I'm gonna put on my set too. Says Harvard. Um I spent 20 years at, at, at doing the same job as someone else who spent 20 years doing the same job, and I rose in the ranks. and now I'm a manager, and I'm a, i am oversee a bunch of people, and you've pretty much just done the same thing in your career. You, you've in the job battle. Definitely the one who rose in the ranks, right? This is just how we think. We compare ourselves constantly. In fact, uh, there's studies there that are done that actually show that uh, many of our thoughts throughout the day are comparison thoughts. We're always comparing ourselves better. And while there's nothing inherently wrong with that, we do that. It's something that we do. The problem is when we, we get this idea in our head that if I compare myself to someone else and, I, and I'm better than them, then that somehow is going to make me good with God. That somehow is going to make me acceptable before him. But, but he says this, he says, Therefore you have no excuse, you who pass judgment. For in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. For you who judge practice the same thing. And that the same thing, these the same kinds of things. And you might go, that's just flat not true. I don't do the same thing as Kipling or Ariel or, or any of those guys that we've looked at. I don't do this. I've never done this. What are you talking about? Let's, let's look at it. This is what I read before, starting in verse 29 of chapter 1 they're filled with all unrighteousness. Which means to violate the standards of what is right, what is right conduct, being right. And we go, yeah, yeah, we live in a world that does wrong all the time, right? Have you ever done wrong? Yeah, right? But I haven't done as much wrong as the other person. Comparison, judgment, right? Wickedness. which means you've done something morally wrong, morally reprehensible. Are there things done in our society and throughout history that have been morally reprehensible? Yes, no question. They are morally reprehensible people. But I'm more moral than they are, right? You've never done anything immoral? Well, yeah. But I'm more moral than most people. Comparison, judgment, greed—it just means discontentment with what you have, so you want more. See, we think of greed as like people who are rich, like that. The word greed is always tagged on to someone who has money, right? They must be greedy. Okay, but greed just means I'm discontent with what I have currently. But God has provided for me today. And so, I'm gonna pursue wanting more. I desire wanting more. I'm gonna wrap my heart and my mind around getting more. It's a hunger for for more power, more control in my life. A greater share of the pie. You ever have been greedy? You ever been discontent with what you had and wanted more? Yeah, 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 but I share what I have with others. And those really greedy people, they just keep it all for themselves. they are the bad ones. I'm greedy, but then I share a little bit of it. Okay. See? Evil, which means the opposite of virtuous act. The opposite of virtuous act. Mean spirited. Oh yeah, I know some really mean spirited people. Like they just don't like people at all. You've never been mean min- 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 spirited with someone. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not. I'm a min- i a generally mean spirited person. I'm just mean spirited sometimes. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Envy. Envy is I want what you have, and if I can't have what you have, I don't want you to have it. This definitely occurs. This, this definitely occurs in our world. We hate this guy, right? People that just can burn money. Like, come on, spread the wealth. Too much in- income inequality, right? You have more than what you need, and there are people who don't have enough of what they need. And I'm one of those people, So, ones who keep me a few thousand dollars, right? I don't like that you're rich. I don't like that you can flaunt your riches. You ever been envious? Murderer. Done. Anybody ever murdered anyone? You want to confess right now? At least there's one on the list that we're like, yes, I'm definitely not a murderer. And there are murderers out there, those guys are dumb. Anybody echoing what Jesus does? What causes murder? Anger. Bitterness. You ever called someone a name? You ever torn someone down and said, There's, made them less by by putting them in some category? So Jesus says, you is just as accountable as murder. Because that's the stuff that causes murder. Devaluing people. Have you done that? Yeah, but I'm not a murderer. Okay. I've never actually killed someone. Okay. Strife means to stir up trouble. Do we have some people in our world stirring up trouble right now? Yeah. Writers, right? Come on. Peaceful protests, right? Oh, you burning cars and throwing bricks through windows and as a Terrible. Put them all in jail. Lock them all up. Right? You never uh, cause trouble when you're in a bad mood? Third up trouble? Never pick a fight with your spouse? Yeah, yeah, but I'm not doing that. Keep okay? preparing yourself. Just see if that works. Defeat I means to take advantage of a situation through deception. You ever heard of three card monkeys? Where they like, have three cards and they're trying to get you to guess which one is the right one, you know, look for the ace, look for the ace, look for the ace, right? And the first time they give it to you, they are like, oh yeah, you're smart, you followed it. Well, yeah. You want to do it again? Double or nothing? Right? And then they have, they are able to palm the cards and move them around and you can never do it right, right? They're deceiving you. Setting me up. How about these guys? Did we get these emails from ABCDEFG at gfpc.com, right? We're having trouble with your message. Can you update your account? You go in there, you put in your, your information, and suddenly money's gone, lots of money's gone out of your account. Oh, you know, those robocall people who call you and are like, your social security number has been stolen. Just give it to us, right? You hate those guys. You've never uh hidden the truth to your own advantage. You've never covered something up. That people might think better of you, or you might get some sort of an advantage financially kind of like and didn't Yeah, yeah, but I'm not like those guys. Like they that's their whole job is to deceive people and steal their money. Malice means to be, uh, malevolent. To be, uh, it's a desire to harm others. There's you plenty know, kind of those people in our world, there you are know, lots of, uh, terrorism is all about malice. It's all about the desire to hurt others that are not a part of your group. Those guys are terrible. You know? True racism in our country, right? KKK. Big, tall, white hat. Hanging people. Hurting people. Beating people out. Because they're not part of our group. They're not, you're all, we want them to do it. You've never wanted to hurt someone? You've never done something intentionally to hurt someone emotionally or physically? Yeah, yeah, but I'm not like the person's thing. They're gossip. minute i mean, going shared shared the beauty story. not even quite sure if it's true, but you like sharing it, anyway, it might be true. Try to get some people on your side against someone else that you don't like. And we see this all the time in politics, right? They're constantly saying bad things about other people and talking badly about the next slander is the next one. Uh let's go along with that. Politics, reality TV, right? Um, have you ever seen the uh, what is it? Real Housewives? Well to be honest. They have like I've never seen it, but it's like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Real Housewives of LA, Real Housewives of, and there's like fifty spin off shows of this where the whole show is about gossiping, basically, about the other people on the set. They're terrible, they're horrible. They're real gossip. I only gossip a couple times a week. Okay. Haters of God. I'm a lover of God, not a hater of God. The haters of God are like these guys, right? These, these atheist guys. God is either impotent, evil, or imaginary. Take your pick. He's he it. Hater, hater of God? Yes, Dan Harris is definitely a hater of God. Popular atheist. The God that created this universe, if it was created by a God, is quite clearly a maniac. Utter maniac, total selfish. Totally selfish. Why should I respect a capricious, mean minded, secret God who creates a world that is so full of injustice and pain? You hear the hate? Jesus? Jesus well known atheist. Stephen Dawkins, probably the most well known atheist. The God of the Old Testament is arguably the most unpleasant character in all fiction. Jealous and proud of it. A petty, unjust, unforgiving, control freak, a vindictive, bloodthirsty, ethnic cleanser, misogynist, homophobic, racist, infanticidal, genocidal, filicidal, pestilential, megalomaniac, sadomasochist, capriciously malevolent, bully. Wow, there's a lot of $50 words in that. Uh, sound hateful? Yeah, hateful. I don't hate God. I love God. I'm not like those guys. What are you asking say? Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what? Be like a man. Do what I do what I ask you to do. When God speaks, he's speaking from the core of his nature, of who he is. And so when we violate what he's asked us to do, we're really violating him. Maybe we don't say we hate him. Maybe we don't have an emotionally angry and hateful response to that. There's definitely a level of hatred in that. Influence, arrogant, boastful. Influence, an attitude of superiority that causes you to belittle others to think less of others, to think in nothing to you me. Know. Arrogant is to be puffed up with your own self-worth and your own self-importance. And boastful is to talk about how superior you are. And we you know people like this, right? People who think their poop doesn't stink, right? are like, I hate those guys. I'm not that way. You've never treated anyone like they were less than you? You've never uh, talked about someone like you're better than them? You've never had a conversation somewhat like, hey, hey did you hear what so-and-so did? Oh, I would never be that Yeah, Yeah, but I'm not like those really arrogant, insolent, boastful people. i just somewhat to make inventors of evil got a lot of you guys out here new creative twists on sin some inventors of evil um in the on the party scene at colleges made the beer bomb more easily consume alcohol. a good way to it. a little more fun beer pong. my favorite is do your helmet what? Yeah. inventing new ways to say inventing new ways to be evil disobedient parents there's some bad kids out there, right? they're in the grocery store and there's like are like, oh, I cannot That kids, you bad parents Terrible. Oh. And then the parents are constantly thinking, oh, I don't want other people to see how bad my kids are. And they're like, you know, trying to hide them. Terrible kids. And you were a perfect angel, right? (laughs) Always did everything perfectly right, never disobeyed. Yeah, but I was just a kid. I didn't know any better. It Just keep making me soften feel a little better, feel a little better, if I can play a Without understanding, senseless or, or, or foolish, doing idiotic things, knowing that something is kind of dumb to do and still doing it. Have you ever done that? You're going down a path and you're like, I know this is really stupid, but I'm going to do it anyway. And we ever get their bike out when they are a kid and, and put a couple bricks on top of one another and put a uh, piece of plywood on it and go, yeah, I'm going to try I know this is probably dumb. I'm going to break something, but here we go. Untrustworthy. He's undependable. Saying you're going to do something, I and mean then you don't do that thing. Oh, yeah. My nephew, he's such a flake. Never does anything you think you're going to do. You've never broken your word. You've never said you're going to be somewhere at a certain time and shown up late or not shown up at all. You never said you were going to do something and then prioritize something else over it. But But that's like not who I really am. I just do that from time to time. Unloving. Having no regard for another person. Being hardened emotionally to someone else. You see this throughout society. People are just out of their own self-interest or whatever. They don't hang up their own issues. They just harden themselves to any sort of you know, concerns for other people. They don't like those people. I think you just melt your heart a little bit and start to love people. Right? You've never been hearty to another person? You've never spoken unlovingly to another person, done something unloving to another person? Oh well, yeah, you've like got me. Right? But that doesn't make me unloving. Because I'm not as unloving as other people. Unmerciful, similar to unloving, turn your back on someone, lack of concern for someone. I'm too busy. I'm too preoccupied. And you go. That that's definitely not me. I I'm a helper. I I serve. I serve the homeless. I've I've uh, supported needy causes. I've given money to them. I I always you know round up my change for the children at the fast food restaurant. Like I just I I just I care. You have never hardened yourself. You've never had that person in your life he's always needy. And then he finishes off and he says, Although they know the ordinance of God, you who grew up in the church, you who know the Bible, you who have heard the instructions of God, you've never heard God say, Do this, and you did this? Never? Well, yeah, actually, I know actually you know, yeah. I've known the right way to do things, I know what God has called me to do, and I've done the other thing a lot, in fact. But, not as much as someone else in the church. Guys, the bottom line, it's important, it's why I took so much time on this, this idea is this, good people do the same kinds of things as bad people. We just do. Good people do the same kinds of things as bad people. So what does that mean for us? this, and we know the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose, O oh man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same thing yourself that you will escape the judgment of God? And I think our answer is yep, yeah, I do. Sure, I do things that deserve God's judgment. But because they do more of them, or worse of them, or whatever, I'm off the hook. You're good to go. I don't know if you've had conversations with generally good people who have not submitted their lives to Christ, who have not given their lives to God, but literally, they live off of this principle. They live off of this idea that they're going to be able to stand before God and, and say, hey, you know what? Yeah, I did all that stuff, but... Susie did more. And the guy's going to go, you're right. I've done less bad than the other guy. I've done more good than the other guy. I'm not that Ariel Castro guy who abducted and enslaved women. <laughs> You've never done anything in your life where you said I couldn't help myself. This is the reason why you did it. Yeah. The thing I couldn't help myself doing is acceptable in society. Okay, so because other people are on your same bandwagon, you're dead. I'm not Hitler. I didn't lead a campaign of mass murder against 11 million people. You never considered yourself better than another group of people. That your group is better than their group. Well, yeah. But I didn't mess. Did I. You think they're just going to stand up before God? And he's going to be like, yep, no problem. See, the, the humanity's problem, and they do have a problem, is that they don't care enough about doing good. Can we agree? We need to care more about that. But our problem, the moral person's problem, is that you think because you're trying hard to be good that God owes you. And we're both very, very wrong about that. Imagine there's two cars out on the on the freeway and they're racing. They're both going 100 plus, right? Zooming in and out of traffic. They're racing each other. They both get pulled over. Cop goes up to the one car and says, hey, hey, do you know how fast you're going? Uh, I think I was doing about 110. Yeah, I'm gonna have to write the ticket for that. Actually, I'm gonna have to, you know, take me in because that's endangering people know. Well, I know for a fact that car was doing 130. You think the policeman's gonna go? I know that. You're right. You're off the hook. No, of course he's gonna write the ticket. He's gonna bring him in. Right? Who cares what the other guy was doing? You were doing 110. I don't know if you remember the Menendez brothers. You remember these guys? Late 80s. Shot both of their parents. Uh, premeditated murder of their parents. Yeah. Great guys. Do you think they stood up in court and said, yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll be a star, okay? We shot up okay. here. But have you heard of the Ted Bundy, guy? Like, he killed like 35 or 36 people at least. Like, that's that's what we know. Can you go home now? No, they're not even going to make that defense because they know very well that who cares how many people Ted Bundy killed, they killed two people and they're going to be held accountable for that. But somehow, in our mind, we think we're going to get off. We think our good is going to somehow make us accessible before that. We're dead wrong about it. In fact, this is probably the best thing I could I could leave, best illustration I could leave with you this morning. I um, I've got a little uh, refreshing drink. anybody get a little warm under here? anybody need a little cool drink? This is really really good water, by the way. It's uh, it's alkaline water, like smart water. It's got a a finely tuned pH of nine point five. Don't know how that helps you, but it's good stuff. Anybody interested in a little in a little drink? Now, I'm not going to leave you with just you know a basic glass of water because that's just you know, yeah. yeah. I'm going to add in a little bit of some. Um, this is some black water that I got out of my sewage tank. No, it's uh, it's it's good. It's really good. Just going to add add this in here. Some really good water and some really decent sewage. Anybody? Somebody, come on, really? You just don't like that there's a bunch of sewage in there, right? Is that the deal? Like you're not gonna do? Okay, okay, I, I got you. I got you. So, so here, I'll, I'll let me get to that. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix another one, real good one. I'm just gonna put a hint. You can handle this. Do you want it? Of course, you don't want it. Why? There's sewage in this, and it doesn't matter if there's just a little bit of sewage or a lot of sewage. Nobody wants to drink this thing. A pure Holy, righteous God doesn't care if you're a little bit tainted or a lot tainted. He doesn't want any part of you. So stop comparing yourself. Stop being the two sewage thing where you're always going, oh, he's got more sewage than I do. doesn't want either of us. Put your hand out if you want to fill it in. It says, God, as a God who is, who is, as a God who always is and always does right, every one of those things will be judged. You see that good people and bad people both do the same kinds of things. Yeah, maybe not the same degree, but both do the same kinds of things. And as a God who always is and always does right, every one of those things will be dead. He finishes with this. He says, Or do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness and tolerance and patience, not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance? See, those who think they're pretty good, they actually go, you know what? I'm not only pretty good, but I have a pretty good life. I don't see God's wrath in my life. I don't see this this circling the drain thing that's happening in other people's life. In fact, I see a lot of good in my life. And there's plenty of people out there. You probably have unbelieving friends that actually think their life is pretty okay. And that they're pretty good people that must mean that he's not mad at me. Because I have a good life. Well, he's mad. Very mad. But his kindness towards you, the generosity that he's giving you, the good in your life, is intended to lead you to him. The giver of all those good things. Him tolerating your behavior is not Him approving of your behavior. It's meant to lead you to Him. Because He is tolerant and He is kind and that should attract us to Him and want us to go to Him. His patience with our behavior is not indicating that He's not going to deal with our behavior. He's going to deal with our behavior. But He's being patient with you to bring Him to Himself, to draw Him to Himself. I love this uh, this statement. I, I can't say it any better than this. This is from Tim Keller, who's a, a, a new pastor in, in in New York. He said this. He said, though religious obedience looks godly, in fact, it's a form of idolatry. The religious person may have utterly rejected all the current external items that society around the society around is worshiping statues or casual sex or career and so on. But they have idols in their heart. In their heart. They find their self-worth in morality. They find their savior in rule-keeping. They worship their goodness. But their goodness... Because their goodness will save them, right? So... An idol just like the other idols right? No difference. And instead, what's happening... He says, but because of the stubbornness, of your stubbornness and unrepentant heart, he's being kind, he's being patient, he's being tolerant to bring to himself. But but you keep going, I'm good. My goodness is enough. I'm happy with my life. I don't need you. Well, because of that, you're storing up wrath for yourself in the day of wrath. And the revelation of God's righteous judgment, who will render to each person according to his deeds. Instead of God pouring out his wrath and you're circling the drain like we were talking about last week, God is actually storing up wrath. The wrath is still there, but it's growing like a balloon and growing, and growing, and growing, and growing, and growing, and growing, and at some point on the day of judgment, it's going to pop, and all of his wrath is going to be poured out on you. You will be repaid for every moment of unkindness. You will be repaid for every dirty thought you will be repaid for every unmerciful, unloving thing that you have ever done in your life. You will be repaid for that. And every one of those is a count against you in court. Now, I know we can't quantify this, but think about your own life. Can we say that's at least a hundred counts? Probably a thousand counts? More than ten thousand counts, probably in your lifetime, against you, and every single count. Oh, I don't have it this Romans one thirty two? It finishes off our section. Those who practice such, such things are worthy of what? Death. Every single count against you is a count that is punishable by death. You have tens of thousands of death sentences against you. And you think like the Menendez brothers that you're gonna go, well they have a hundred thousand counts of death against them. So I deserve no death. Absolutely point your hand out is do not make some do not mistake the abundance of good things in your life as God's favor, but as a call to realign your life with the giver of, of the good. Do not mistake the abundance of good things in your life as God's favor, but as a call to realign your life with the giver of good. I know the bottom of your handout was a little bit different this week, but I was thinking about putting together a summary and all I could come up with With you too. You too. The fall has tricked you and I, us good people. Right? Some of us under this tent, again, you have an advantage because you know you're not good. You've lived your life in such a way that you came to a point where you you were convinced that you were terrible. Good on you. That's really helpful to you. Really helpful. Because Others of us who have kind of lived our life in a moralistic, uh, religious, church-going way are have a hard time convincing ourselves of these facts. But there's no way we can fully receive all that God is going to reveal to us in Romans unless we are 100% convinced that you too, me too, we are also utterly and completely for us. Lord, you're trying to be clear here. I think you're very, very clear here. Sometimes I just know from from my own experience wrestling with this myself and also working through this with a vast number of people, that it's hard for us to come to this conclusion. We're so fooled by this comparison thing that we do. We do it all the time. We live by it. We have structures created all around us that that, that are based on comparison and so we translate that into this life with you. That somehow, because I'm better than the next guy, that you're going to see that I'm better than the next guy and give me a break. It says realizing the depth of my own depravity and that I have nothing good in me. it. So the whole you can convince that I just pray that you would do that in every part of so the That we would walk away having a very, very clear look at how deeply, wrong we are, and are very bold. something really wrong with us. Okay.